you travel for a living and struggle to maintain a healthy lifestyle like I do, or maybe you just struggle to stay healthy in general. This is the Road to Health podcast, and I am Tamar, your host for this adventure. I travel for business often, which presents some challenges in terms of achieving and maintaining a healthy lifestyle. Join me on my perfectly imperfect journey as I implement the strategies I've learned from the coaches I work with and make my dreams and goals a reality. I don't always manage to resist the temptations that life throws at me, but by working on developing a healthier mindset, I'm managing to build a firm belief in my own ability to change. No one needs to take this journey alone, so if you struggle to make healthy choices on the road like I do, join me for this ride on the road to health. Well-traveled, well-lived. Have you struggled with depression and anxiety? Well, you're not alone, my friend. Hey everyone, Tamar here from the Road to Health podcast. I thought I would start today off with a little bit of a progress report. Now, a couple weeks ago, I actually got asked uh, very last minute to make a trip over to the Sunshine Coast, which is um, basically you take a ferry ride over from the mainland here where I live, just east of Vancouver, British Columbia. And I went to go visit a customer. Well, I have not traveled since March of this year, since COVID started. And of course, before all this happened, I had gotten in such a routine with my eating habits and preparing. And because this was very last minute, I did not do that. Now, I wish I had packed some stuff. Now, I, in my defense, my groceries were to be delivered during that day because I was working at home. I had to push that off. So I was pretty much out of most of the things that I could pack with me, was not prepared regardless. So I ended up going with a coworker. Um, we had to end up waiting for the ferries because it was super busy and we didn't have reservations. And I decided to go get us breakfast since we were going to be waiting there for about three hours. And when I walked into the coffee shop, I grabbed a breakfast sandwich and for some reason, I decided to get a cinnamon bun. Now, as you know, I've been limiting the sugar that I eat. You know, I have had a few treat meals here and there in the last month, but I've really kept them to a, a minimal and I've been eating with intention. So when I plan something out, I don't regret it. I enjoy every bite. But this morning was different. So I brought the breakfast sandwich back to my coworker. He wanted one as well, and we enjoyed every bite. Um, we've eventually got on the ferry and ended up going over to see a customer of ours and drop off some glass. Then on the way back, of course, we had to hop in line to take the ferry back, and right out the window, it's beautiful sunny day. There was a gelato shop with hot dogs and Hot dogs are probably one of my favorite treat meals. I have not had one in, I can't even remember last time I had a hot dog. Um, but anyhow, I went and because of course I had got the ball rolling by giving myself that sugar in the morning and then all of a sudden that's when the cravings start. I know I've discussed this a little bit when I talk about addiction and especially my food addiction. So I ended up coming back to the car with a gelato ice cream in a waffle cone and a um, hot dog. And so my coworker was actually a little bit shocked because uh, they do know that I'm on this health journey and I'm eating very low carb. And so he was a little bit surprised. But it just goes to show you that when you're not prepared, how 
you know, being tired was one of them because I hadn't expected to go. And so I had to get up super early in the morning, even though I normally do get up early. I wasn't prepared. And that's what ended up happening. Now, of course, we ended up going to a barbecue the next day. I ended up having a burger there. And so it just kind of progressed throughout the weekend. And it is, as I record this now, it is the end of the week. Um, and honestly, I felt like crap all week long. It disrupted my my um, eat my sleeping patterns. It disrupted how I felt, you know. I had no energy whatsoever. I was absolutely exhausted. I still continued with my regular routine. But what I had to do is actually incorporate a little bit more downtime. I'm really grateful that I didn't have a ton of stuff planned uh, after work uh, during this week. And so that was a bit of a bonus. Um, but yeah, it it totally affected my sleep pattern. I was absolutely exhausted. And in all honesty, I, you know, I start to not feel good. I start to doubt things that I'm doing. I start to get into these little pits of just almost depression. And that is actually what I want to talk to you about today. But before we get into that, I just want to mention that on September 1st at 6 p.m. Pacific time, I'm going to be doing an introductory call session. Now, what this session is about is on how to beat procrastination and how to get more done in less time. This, it's about 30 to 40 minutes. This introductory session alone will give you so much value and so much information that you can start implementing as you go away from this intro. So I'm going to make sure that I put a link in the show notes for you. And if you'd like to join this event, just click on the link, sign up, and we'll see you September 1st at 6 p.m. Pacific time. So depression is something that I've struggled with through a lot of my adult life. It is, um, I have talked about the subject on some of my past episodes as well. And it's just something that even today, if I'm not careful, that I could quickly fall into. And I think the first time I really, really experienced severe depression to the point where I didn't want to live anymore was after um, the assault that I went through. If you listen to the episode on abuse, which was a couple weeks ago, um, you'll remember that one. But I basically isolated for two solid months. I would just um, use cocaine in my bedroom. The only time I really got out of bed is when I had to go to work. And I don't even know how I did that most days. But I really was not sociable. I didn't want to talk to anybody. You know, the people I, I saw were basically my roommates and then my coworkers. And that was about it. And so that was the first time I'd really experienced that. Of course, um, as I mentioned in my book, and I've mentioned before, I ended up uh, reconnecting with a really, really close friend of mine. Um, today, she is my closest friend. And I think that was a start to, you know, pulling me out of that state that I was in. But I really didn't know how to manage my depression, right? I, when I was good, I was real good. And when I was bad, I was really bad. Um, I ended up a couple of years later starting to fall back into that depression and you know life was good for the most part. I was married and you know I loved my husband very much at the time and I had good friends. I was still drinking of course which as most of you probably know when you're in a state of depression alcohol is a depressant so it actually makes it worse but 
Of course, for me, alcohol was a solution, right? It's what made everything feel better. But eventually I just got to the point um, where I was talking to a friend and she said, you know, Tamara, you got to go and see a doctor. Because this was going on for quite a long time and I didn't know how to fix it anymore, right? Like I just felt like I was completely broken. I thought something was wrong with me. I couldn't get my life together, Um, you know, and of course, being an alcoholic, I just wanted to reach for the bottle and drink and forget about it. And I figured that if I could just forget about everything, it would just go away. But it ended up actually amplifying things. So I ended up going to see my doctor and my doctor is fantastic. He is not the kind of doctor that just gives you medication or anything. Um, He actually sat me down. I filled out a form. And of course, I was very high on the anxiety and the depression chart And so he sat me down and first, instead of just giving me meds, which I thought he would do that right off the bat, he told me that I would have to go see a therapist, get some counseling. I would have to work through some programs and do these workbooks. And I was a little surprised at first, right? Because most of the people that I knew that went to the doctor that suffered from depression, they would just get their pills and go home. But here I felt like, okay, I got to sign up for this um, depression university or something. And although at the time I, you know, didn't really appreciate it, I was willing to do what it took because I didn't want to live anymore. And that's where my depression would take me. It was just always dark thoughts. I was just a waste of space, you know, and I felt that all throughout my addiction, to be honest. And so anyway, I ended up, you know, eventually getting the medication and taking it. And I think it took about a week or two to actually kick in. And I felt amazing. And you know, like everything, I go all in. So I took the workbook seriously and I made sure I did everything that my doctor told me to start. But of course, as time went on, I thought I'm better, right? I could just stay on these meds. But my doctor made it very clear that we're going to ramp up and then halfway through, we're going to start to ramp down and I'm only staying on it for a specific amount of time. He was not going to keep me on them because he doesn't believe that I needed to be on them. I just needed to learn how to cope with life. So after I'd finished up, of course, there was one problem. I had not given up my alcohol addiction. And of course, anytime I drank too much or something bad happened, I would start to beat up on myself. Um, And even though I had, you know, accumulated all these great tools and methods to help with my depression, the alcohol was definitely not helping. I remember uh, there was one day, you know, my husband and I were in extreme debt, like I talk about in the book. And it was just, I was struggling, you know, I just, I didn't know how we were gonna, we were going paycheck to paycheck. Uh, There was times where I'd buy a bottle of booze, and we barely had enough money to get gas. And it, it was just an incredibly stressful time. And you know, my ex-husband, ex-husband now, he was always offered overtime and he didn't want to work overtime. And I can't say I really blame him, but of course, because I was on salary, I wasn't able to make that extra income or I'd have to get a second job, which in hindsight, I definitely could have done. But, you know, he was getting offered this overtime and I started to get super resentful towards him because he would continue to say no to it, even though that was his right. Anyway, I remember coming to work one day and, you know, we weren't doing well. And I basically just told him, listen, if you don't work the overtime and you don't help us get out of this financial hole that we're in, 
I am basically going to kill myself. I'm going to make it look like an accident. And then you can have the insurance money and you can pay our debts off and live the life you want. Because I really was done. I did not want to be around. I felt like I was just wasting his time. I felt like I wasn't doing anything good for anybody in my life. And so I had just told them, I'm going to end it. Here's the solution. The funny part looking back now is that I always really tried to make everything look good on the outside. I don't know if you can relate to that. Um, I was actually very recently talking to somebody um, and we talked about that, right? It's like on the outside, you it looks like you have this perfect life, right? I was married. I had a condo. We had just bought a Jeep, you know, even though we were financially devastated. But on the outside, people thought, wow, they've got it together, right? They've both got jobs. They've got a home, all this stuff. And so I really tried to keep up that persona or whatever you want to call it, um, that act that I actually had my shit together and when I clearly did not. And I certainly did not feel like that on the inside. So what I'd like to dig into a little bit right now is that, of course, when I got sober, one of the first things that I had to start doing was owning my life, right? I had to start looking back at my life, taking responsibility for my actions and start to make those amends to, you know, start to reach out to those people I had harmed. Also to fix things, make things better. I had to work on myself mentally because my mental state was not a good one. Um, Basically, everything was everybody else's fault. You know, nothing was my fault. And You know, I would do some exercises when I entered into my uh, journey of sobriety that really, it just, it made me look really hard at the life that I had created for myself, right? And it made me own every single thing that I had done. You know, I would literally be talking about somebody and I would think that, you know, take my ex-husband, for example, right? I was so resentful towards him. And when I actually broke everything down that I was resentful about, I had a role in every single one of those things. And it actually was never his fault, right? It was, I had to own that. And so that was kind of the start to um, really working on kind of mending um, my mental state. And then it only progressed from there. It took a lot more work, of course, but you know, one of the things that I've learned today and one of the things I actually talk about in some of the uh, programs that I coach is how our uh, negative thinking leads us to times of depression and anxiety, right? That we can call them pits almost of self-pity or blame or resentment. And for me, resentment was a big one. And I don't know if you can relate, but, you know, think about a time that you've been upset with someone and maybe something little just triggered it, right? And you know, throughout the day, you think about it a little bit more and then you might bump into a friend and then you talk about it and it sort of starts to escalate it, especially if we don't have people in our lives that will say, listen, I think you're out of line here. I think you're a little bit crazy. It's not really their fault Um, and kind of put things in perspective again. And I, I thank God today I have those friends in my life that can kind of stop that almost resentment train, I want to call it. But 
when our thoughts start to get negative and we start to amplify them and then all of a sudden we're faced, you know, maybe we're we're pissed off at our spouse and it just snowballs. We talk to a friend, we talk to another friend, you know, we talk to our parents or whatnot. And then we come home and it's just even worse than it really was to begin with. You know, there are certain there are certain things that happen, certain triggers that are just escalating this. And then that leads to, you know, basically self-pity pits. I don't know how many times I have had little pity parties for myself, but when I don't have the tools to get out of those pits, I can get stuck there for a long time. And that is when the depression comes back. That is when the anxiety comes back. I can't handle things as well as I'm normally equipped to do. And so for me, it is starting to notice that negative self-talk you know when I say I can't or I should do this um, when I first got sobered somebody actually told me the two um, phrases you want to take out of your vocabulary are I should and I know because if you knew you'd be doing it and if you should well why aren't you doing it right and it was some really really great advice but it's that negative self-talk right that if we can't start to recognize it and get out of our own heads, we can be led right into the pits of depression and anxiety over and over again. So something that I want to leave you with is the next time, you know, if you're someone who struggles with depression or anxiety, think about, has anything led me to this point? You know, what am I truly upset about? Did this actually start, you know, today or is this something that a week ago something triggered me and all week long I have been having this negative self-talk to myself and it is just snowballed into the situation that I'm in now and you know step back and when you start to recognize those that negative self-talk I think it's something that we can make the fall a little bit less because I still do struggle from bouts of depression, right? I mean, this past week, I'll be honest, after I had had that terrible weekend um, of eating, I my sleep was totally messed up and I really struggled mentally. I was exhausted. I didn't want to do anything. I'm, I'm grateful that I still get up early because everything I had to do, I got done before I started my regular day job. And then after I had the Um, I was super grateful that I could just kind of watch a show and relax and not worry about anything else because I had gotten all the important stuff out of the way. But I know for me, it's looking back, what was that negative action or negative thought that started the ball rolling into this state of mind that I'm in right now? And how am I going to get myself out of it? And I have also found that the people I surround myself with really help, you know, the people that don't co-sign my BS anymore and don't get me completely worked up and fired up and, and put me into an even worse state when I, you know, vent to them and, you know, they kind of co-sign and it just escalates it, you know. Um, surround yourself with people who are going to help you look at things logically because I think myself, uh, personally, when I get into that frame of mind or state of mind, I... I don't, I, I can't really, you know, I start to rationalize things and I can't think straight. And so sometimes getting somebody that has like a clear perspective, a non-biased perspective, that can always help. So make sure you kind of keep an eye out for all that negative self-talk. And when you notice it happening, you know, turn it around, take that negative statement or that negative self-talk and change it into something positive. And then 
try and start over again, right? That that minute, that moment when you notice it, reverse it and keep going forward. But yeah, depression and anxiety is something that is it can be very tough to deal with. I know that a lot of people right now, especially being stuck at home in some areas again, are really struggling with depression and anxiety and it's not something to take lightly. Um, like I said, you know, when I was medicated for it, it really, really helped me. And I know many people who are medicated for depression, but if you are feeling depressed and you're feeling lonely, make sure you reach out for help because it's something that's very serious. And it's something that if we don't take care of, it can really grab a hold of us and it's tough to get out of. If you're looking for some coaching and some training around getting away from that negative self-talk, my current Mensana program that I'm running, that will help tremendously. It is a uh, course on how to create your vision and your goals and really just change your thinking, right? Beating procrastination, um, talking about conformity and just, you know, that having that positive mindset. So uh, I'll be starting one soon. Make sure you shoot me an email, info at the road to health.me if you want some more information. And of course, join the Facebook group, The Road to Health. And if you want that extra accountability, we're there. Um, I'm going to do some fun challenges. So make sure you sign up. And until next time, be safe out there. That wraps up another episode of the Road to Health podcast, where my goal is to empower and inspire you to build a firm belief in your own ability to change your life and start achieving your goals. I know from experience, it can be hard to make healthy lifestyle changes that actually stick. I work with people to help them define their goals and identify the roadblocks that stop them from achieving them. If you would like to take advantage of a free consultation call to figure out how you can reach your goals, visit my website at www.theroadtohealth.me and book today. When you're there, make sure you sign up for my five steps to achieving your goals. And until next time, be safe and healthy.